Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we're going to be talking about S2E22 of Pretty Little Liars. Father Knows Best. Otherwise known as Bad Dads. Yeah, that's a very sarcastic title. The patriarchy does not come off very strongly in this episode. <laughs> Alright, so we open. Um, we we left off last episode with Emily getting uh, called to the by the cops down to the station to talk about Maya. So she's just getting home now. She's kind of quietly entering Hannah's room in the middle of the night. Uh, but... Hannah wants to talk, so she turns the lights on. Uh, we find out that Maya's parents found a note, so Maya has apparently run away. She's officially ran away. Mm-hmm. Officially a runaway. Such a fucking Maya thing. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think we treat Maya so poorly because she seems like she's 40, but acts like a teenager? <laughs> she is the most, like, teenagery teenager on this show. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... It's a good thing that like Ar- like she has no real scenes of Arya because I feel like Arya would just mutilate her. Yeah, I don't think they would get along. No. So, uh, yeah, they're asking Emily what she knows, and Emily's, you know, she told her told them the cops the basics or anything, and she she makes a comment about how she's not even sure if like she's still Maya's girlfriend, you know, and like maybe she pushed Maya into this. Yeah. And through the whole conversation, Hannah keeps, like, Emily will just turn the light off because she wants to go to sleep, and then Hannah turns it back on to ask more questions. Yeah, you can just imagine there's probably a great scene here where, like, Emily's just, like, airing all of her, like, relationship dirty laundry, and, like, Officer Barry is like, I don't need to know this. <laughs> I only need to know certain things. Um, but, yeah, like, Hannah wants to talk, and you can tell that Emily is probably pissed and confused and exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Hannah just wants Emily to make sure she told the cops every detail. Yeah, because that, that, that's important. Mm-hmm. And Emily's just like, thanks, Hannah. I got that. <laughs> so then we cut to Spencer and Melissa. When when we left them, Melissa was having Spencer come outside with her to, to tell her what she's been, you know, very secret she's been hiding all this time. Well, it's uh, so... I, you can't tell, like, are they just in the driveway or are they, like, in the middle of the woods somewhere? I think they're in Melissa's car, I think, just, like, out in, like, the driveway, I guess. Well, it just, Melissa was very weird about, like, we can't have this conversation in the house. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, like a drug dealer. Yeah, so Spencer is just like, well, what the fuck? Like, you ditched me the other night for Garrett. And Melissa, she's defensive about Garrett. She's like, well, he's been a really good friend. And, you know, he was a friend of Ian's and I've really needed somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And she still doesn't believe that Ian killed Allison. This is what she's wanted to talk to her about, like, forever. Mm -hmm. Is that she she still doesn't think Ian was a killer. Yeah, and Garrett's been really kind to her since the funeral. He's taken her to uh, doctor's appointments, as we already knew. Um she needs someone to talk to. That person's been Garrett. She's been trying to talk to Spencer about this. Um, then she says that she shared a lot with Garrett, but maybe too much. I shared a lot with him. Maybe too much. And Spencer's like, what? <laughs> so the Melissa says that the summer alley went missing. Uh, their mom and dad have been fighting a lot, Veronica and Peter Hastings. Mm-hmm. Uh, right up until she disappeared, Allie did. And then suddenly the fighting stopped. Mm-hmm. And Peter Hastings had a very strange reaction when he discovered that Allison was gone. Almost as though he were relieved. Yeah. Um, so, Melissa was pissed that night because she had caught Allison flirting with Ian again, and she sent her tell- sent her some texts telling her to back off. And so, uh, Spencer kind of, like, Spencer, like, takes what she knows, and she's like, did you sign these texts? And Melissa's like, no, why would I? She knew who they were from. Mm-hmm. So, like, well, it's interesting because Spencer really perks up there. Like, wait, what? Are you are you admitting to be a hate of me? Yeah. But apparently um, not. Just separately, Melissa had just been, like, sending some text to Allie telling her to back off, stay away from her man. Yeah. So then uh, Spencer says that, you know, Peter may have been blackmailed by Allison, but that he had told her that he'd never paid her a cent. And so Melissa's like, well, do we believe that? Do we believe that? Yeah, I love the way she says that. It's very conspiratorial. When she says that, uh, after talking about sending the text, that uh, when Allie disappeared, her dad had this look 
on his face like he supported her. Mm-hmm. And she's told all this to Garrett, and that might have been a mistake. And Spencer's like, yeah, it might have been a mistake, because Allie could have been blackmailing Dad. Yeah. Um, Melissa's attitude during all this is very interesting. Well, there is a sense of, like, wait, this is what you've been holding on to the whole time? Yeah, but at the same time, uh, is it Tori DeVito? Tori DeVito, yeah. Tori DeVito does excellent work as Melissa, because... Mm-hmm. There's so many like facets to it. Like I, I took all of this as Melissa's playing a huge game on Spencer. That's yeah. how I took it. Because like I don't believe any of this is genuine, and yet it could be. Like she, I love that she plays it where it's really half and half. Yeah, she seems so duplicitous that you're not willing to trust anything she says. And just the fact that like, but it's all the little moves are so like like coined in her uh calling spencer we can't have this conversation here we have to go somewhere else to have this conversation do we suspect dad is lying i mean do we believe that yeah like it's it she's playing upon spencer's already already spencer's suspicions but also i think she knows full well about the hero worship that spencer has for her yeah um which yeah. makes you wonder like all this shit they went through in season one over ian like and Spencer felt like Ian was manipulating their relationship. Was Melissa well aware of what was going on and just enjoying it? You would think so. I mean, because we know that, you know, Spencer's the smart one of the group, but Melissa's smarter. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always been the, the kind of ranking system there. Yeah. So if Spencer's as paranoid as she is, certainly Melissa is keeping on, on top of things too. Which is a wonderful, bold choice for any kind of show to have your, one of your main characters, like, not be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the opening. This episode, uh, speaking of bad dads, is directed by Chad Lowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's uh, directed a couple of the episodes. I, I think he probably does at least one a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wouldn't you love like a, a Troy and Belisario directed episode? Oh my god, yes. I feel like it would be fascinating and weird. It would be like the Gillian Anderson episode of the X-Files. <laughs> Where it starts off of her waking up in bed next to Mulder and then putting her shirt back on. But you don't see that in the episode, though, do you? I believe that's how the episode starts. I think it's you see someone in bed. You don't know it's Mulder. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Anyway. they they All the liars should direct an episode. I want to see the Lucy Hale directed episode. Oh, my God. That'd be... <laughs> it's, it's just all line dancing. <laughs> it's just, yeah. People singing country songs. It's just that, that country dance over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um... Speaking of Arya, yeah, yeah, I think we both keyed on this. Arya's fucking outfit. She's got a a skirt on. It's a long skirt, like kind of comes down to your your feet. It's the it's it's like no, it's not a pencil skirt. It's it's too uh, it's like flowing. You know, it's like it's not like a tight skirt or anything. It's regal too. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's made out of some sort of shiny material, Mm -hmm. um, and it has it's leopard print. It's like black and orange leopard print. Yeah, she's wearing like a floral top with this like very like regal flowing leopard print skirt. Um, Just mixing uh, patterns there. I'm, boldly. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that. Uh, sometimes I think, Arya, I, think uh, I think I learned that from Mona actually. <laughs> sometimes Arya is just adorable, and sometimes she really dresses like the cutest South American prostitute ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ella comes into her room to say that Byron is very excited about the father-daughter dance. By the way, folks, there's a father-daughter dance coming up. Of course there is. Um, and I just wrote in my notes, maybe Ezra, or maybe Arya should take Ezra to the dance. <laughs> well, and Ella tells Arya to embrace the irony of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and so Arya's like to Ella, well, can you talk to Dad and try to convince him? And Ella's like, I don't even know what I'm, what I'd be convincing him of. Well, she's like, I don't know if you've heard it the multiple times I said it, but I'm not saying I'm cool with you and Fitz, you know. And Arya's like, No, I did not hear that. Thank you. Yeah, she's like, I just keep hearing that you're cool with him. Yeah. So uh, Ella's just like, while there's this just general what the fuckness hanging over our family, which by the way, thank you again, daughter. While there's this ha- happening, why don't we lie to Byron about like my meeting of Ezra last night? And Arya's like, I can do that. <laughs> Let's keep that between us for now. She's not ready to talk to Byron about Ezra yet. Um, so later on in the, in the Montgomery household, Arya's like walking down the hallway and she passes the bathroom and she sees Mikey in there shaving and she has a, she has to stop and like have she a good laugh. She even with the door open. Yeah, she has a good laugh at him. 
Well, she's making fun of how, uh, like, he's, he says he's doing it now, so, like, the, their dad won't, like, come harass him, and, and Arya's like, oh, yeah, he'd probably want to take pictures. Uh, it's funny because she's kind of making fun of her dad for being, like, the condescending parent, even though she's acting like a condescending parent to Mikey at the same time. Well, she says to him, shouldn't you start by shaving against the grain? And he's like, I'm still trying to find the grain. Yeah. Which I just wrote in my notes. Haha, emasculation. Can I make my horrible joke we made? Please, please uh, do. Yeah. Well, she's talking about how uh, Byron wants to uh, capture every little moment of their lives. And I was really waiting for, like, the horrible uh, joke that Arya throws out about, uh, you know, like, well, at least you didn't have a period or something like that. <laughs> Those pictures are just dark. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, ah. Oh. Uh, real quick, do you remember the... Uh, uh, Lindsay and Tobias's uh, photo album. Vaguely. Yeah, when maybe is maybe is born <laughs> to prove that maybe is Lindsay's daughter. Mm-hmm. There's a girl in our soup. Um, so yeah, Arya's not feeling the whole father daughter thing. Shockingly, but Mike suggests that Arya should go to the dance anyways to keep Byron fooled because he's like everyone everywhere knows about your secret boyfriend but dad dogs know it yeah yeah exactly he's gonna be the dj there mikey is yeah dj dj mike montgomery has he like uh displaced noel khan as the the preeminent rosewood high dj well like what happened like was not noel khan like mikey's like uh like male ideal like maybe mikey surpassed him <sighs> he's like noel you've taught me everything i need to know well, Noel Collins is like, I'm into new things now, like blind girls who are mm-hmm. evil. Um, so Mike then goes off on this thing of uh, Arya. Well, before he does that, he, he points out that, uh, yeah, he knows about her and Ezra because uh, he heard, overheard uh, Arya and her mom talking about it, and it's super obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he's kind of like, you know, Arya, like, uh, ever since you started dating Ezra, you nothing but like ruination upon everyone you know why especially you still, this family yeah why are you still dating this guy well, like, he doesn't ask why he's you. just like so all that being said and Arya's like yes please get to the point he's like is it worth it yeah. all the all the the horror and ruination you cause and Arya's just like mike one day you will understand otp true love yeah yeah she says something just like if your love is like real or true like you'll fight for it no matter what's against it but really what she's saying is like mike you don't understand what it's like to be an agent of chaos mm-hmm. and he's just like no i don't yeah so later on Arya is she's trying to pick out a dress to wear to the the father-daughter dance and byron kind of butts in and he's like well i hope you pick soon because i want to make sure my tie matches and Arya's just like, you know, you don't have to bother with that. This isn't a big deal. She's 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 making it awkward, kind of like just being a little like sullen about it. But then well, Byron is making it awkward too. Well, no, he she says we don't need to do that this year, and he's like, I think he generally confused is like, mm-hmm. what's different about this year? And she gives him the most like eat shit of looks. Yeah, and he's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, but then he makes it awkward too, because he's just like, you know, I just, I need to take my little girl to the dance, and she's just like, ew. Yeah. And Ella's in the hallway, like listening. Mm-hmm. Because, quite frankly, while she's not as like sadistic and sociopathic as as Arya is, Ella is a agent of chaos as well. Yeah, she stirs shit. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> then at the dance, we noticed this that Mikey is the DJ, but he has like an assistant DJ. Also, he's playing some Tears for Fears. Yeah, he's playing Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is uh, like subtly brilliant choice, Mikey. Very fitting to this group. Well, is, is his idea like, hey, like I'm going to play the, all the hits the dads like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at the same time, though, it's like it's such a perfect song to be playing with an Aria, over an Aria scene. But uh, Aria yeah. wants to rule the world, for sure. Yeah, he's got like, a, like an Asian Padawan DJ, like Apprentice DJ, helping him. I assume it's his boyfriend. You think Mikey's gay? Haven't we talked about this before? Let's talk about it again. I mean, it would it would it would make sense a little bit, right? You think that's where the mental breakdown came from? Could be, yeah. Depression, you know, anxiety about his identity. Hmm. I can see that. Um, so Arya and Byron had their dance, and uh, Byron's just like, "You look beautiful," and Arya's just like, oh, "Thanks." Yeah, he really wants to get a photo 
because they get a photo every year. And he talks about how, oh, he used to be so little, when we'd dance, he'd have to stand on my toes. She's clearly not having any of this. Yeah. She was like, that was a long time ago. And he's just like, oh, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arya looks over and she sees Hannah uh, giving her the visual SOS as, as a Fergie song starts playing. I just want to make a note of the time and the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Arya bails. And then so later. Well, uh, after the, the confab with Hannah, she comes yeah. back and basically like bails on her dad. He's like, oh, but we're just in line to get a photo. And she's like, sorry, got to go. And then she drops the I'm not your little girl anymore. And she's just like, I've done terrible, terrible things with my private parts in Ezra. Yeah, she, she doesn't that. say that, but that's what he's, that's what Byron is thinking. Yeah, she's basically like throwing that grenade in there and then dropping the mic and mm-hmm. storming off. Um, she's like, maybe I should have taken Ezra to this dance, if you know what I mean. Yeah, my two dads. Yeah. Um, and then Byron could have watched. So later at home, Byron is looking for Arya and he ends up talking to Mike, who's in bed. And Can I make one more horrible joke? Please do. Or it's like, I call somebody else daddy now. Um, so I, it's like, Byron is clearly looking for Arya. So he's like making like conversation with Mike about, you know, how is the dance of the F fun? And I feel like Mike could probably talk to his dad for about 20 minutes about this. But Byron's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I did my part. Where the fuck is your sister? Well, Mikey's like, hey, dad, do you think you're being too hard on Arya? And he points out that He's never asked Arya why she didn't, because like Arya didn't tell them about Fitz, and he's like, "Well, did you ever ask her why? Maybe you should." And Byron's like, "Yeah, whatever. I'm just gonna walk away." Well, yeah, he walks away in kind of like a, a pensive Scotch drinking mood. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's gonna break out the serious Scotch. I just love that. Of course, Rosewood, which is like the uh, the capital. Nas- national capital of like creepy, uh, like father-daughter relations in general mm-hmm. and like and just all around like you know inappropriate adult male attention towards teenagers of course they have a father-daughter dance you know what the song that they, they should have played like a uh, like a mama's and papa's song or something you know what i mean uh like what are you going to san francisco no i just because uh, yeah, that'd be funny because my thing no just because wasn't it john phillips um who later got found out to have been having oh, a relationship yeah. with his daughter for years. Yeah, that might have been a little bit too subtle of a reference. I think, um, I feel like George Michael would have been the play there. Mm. Yeah, father figure. Mm-hmm. It's on the nose, but come on. Oh, if they could have paid the money just to have uh, Byron turn to Ari at one point and be like, put your tiny hand in mine. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the other Arya, Hannah. Uh, so in the... The mayor in the kitchen. Uh, the phone rings. Ashley answers the call. It's from Wilden. I like the way Wilden is just like, hey, Ashley. How you doing? Yeah. And she's like, why are you calling me at home? They uh, want to talk about the, the police report. That's the police report's the, the big thing in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but Ashley hangs up on him, you know, basically saying, like, don't call me at the house again. She's like, this is your ass to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Just then, Hannah comes in the kitchen. Hannah's, you know... <laughs> Dad bailed on me for the father-daughter dance. What was the line? She's just like, like, good morning. morning. What's so good about it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it, I feel like Hannah's the only person in the world who's shocked that Tom might not want to go to the dance with her. Yeah. Ashley's like, Tom bailed on her for the father-daughter dance. And I'm sure Ashley's thinking like, yeah, that's understandable. Well, plus he lives somewhere else too. No, he lives in Rosewood. Oh, that's right. That's right. He moved to Rosewood. We just never see him, but he lives in Rosewood. Yeah. He's Um, like, hmm, go to dance with a daughter who basically, like, ruins my life every time I interact with her. No, I'm good on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to unplug all the phones and (laughs) turn off the lights. Who knows what sort of heinous shit will happen if I go to this dance with her. Yeah. Cretinous daughter of mine. Uh, So Ashley offers to go with her, and Hannah's just like, WTF? And Ashley says... Do you think you're the only person with divorced parents and a father who couldn't make it? And Hannah's like, no, but I'm the only one, like, uh, like. Or I'd be the only one, lame enough only to one, show like, up and advertise it. Yeah. Um, but they decide that Ashley talks her into, like, letting them go together anyways, because Ashley's basically like, fuck the haters. Mm-hmm. Um, so later that night, uh, Wilden and Ashley have a clandestine meeting in his car. Yeah, she just, like, you know, slyly like walks up and gets in his car. They have to meet here, so no one, no one. The could only be thing monitoring. missing was like her wearing like the big trench coat and a mm-hmm. 
funny hat, like big ass sunglasses. You know what I mean? What, Carmen like, San Diego? Yeah, yeah, Carmen San Diego. Like the only thing missing think, in this episode is maybe one more clandestine meeting in a car. I think uh, Laura Layton could pull that off. She seems like she could pull off a trench coat. I think Laura Layton could pull off quite a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start talking about, again, the police report and Hannah, et cetera. What are these girls up to? Wilden wants Hannah's phone. He says, I need to know who she's been talking to, who she's been texting. Mm-hmm. Well, there's interesting parallel here to the time that people broke into uh, Therapy Ann's place and Garrett was just like, well, we really can't help you until, unless you tell us who your clients are type of thing. Like where it's like the cops, like they'll, they're conditioned to help is always like access to personal information. Yeah. Weldon's like, well, I can't really help you unless you give me Hannah's phone for reasons. Yeah. Like you have to like completely give up any and all agency. Um, for them to help you. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he says, you know, if we want answers, I need to see that phone. So uh, later, well, not that later, around that, around that same time, Hannah and Mona are having a night out in the town. Caleb's in Montecito for the weekend. Mona hasn't heard from A again. She's really despising her community service and dealing with, like, old people. <laughs> There's a, a short bus joke. Yeah. Then Mona looks over and she sees Ashley in the car with Wilden and points it out to Hannah, who does not enjoy that sight. No, so cut to Hannah and Ashley like coming in the front door at home, and Hannah's like, "You're not like into that guy, are you?" And Ashley's like, "Ew, no, God." <laughs> but yeah, Ashley walks in and she's like, "Why? Why would you talk to Wilden? Why?" <laughs> so Ashley's just trying to get some answers here. She she wants to know where this police report came from, and Hannah lies, says she doesn't know, and Ashley like doesn't even need to say it. Like her eyes say, "Like I know you're lying," because yeah. she has mom powers. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like, cause remember Ashley called her out a few episodes ago that I know when you're lying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now Ashley just assumes that everything out of Hannah's mouth is a lie. No, she, she knows. Ashley knows when Hannah's lying or not. And, and here's, here's where Hannah is not Arya. Okay. Cause if Arya was to like inhabit her doppelganger's like body for a minute here, she would just turn it back on to why are you hanging out with Willen? Exactly. Yeah. As maybe she should. Cause how do we know that Willen's not manipulating Ashley? Mm hmm. Well, they find out that Ashley has given Wilden the report, uh, or at least Hannah finds out, that Ashley gave Wilden the report to find out where it came from. And Hannah's, like, giving her a lot of shit for going to Wilden. She's like, if you, you know, if you're trying to look out for me, you shouldn't have gone to him. And, and Ashley points out that Wilden could lose his job, too, because of all this stuff. Um, but Hannah's pretty pissed. She storms off. Uh, Ashley looks over and sees that Hannah's forgotten her phone. It's sitting on the, the counter there. And she starts to approach it slowly. Like, is she thinking that she's going to grab it? Is she pondering that? And then right as she's going to get the, the, the breaker, you know, do or die moment there, Hannah walks back in and just like grabs that phone. Grabs his phone, like glares at Ashley and walks out. Yeah. Um, so later, Hannah passes by Ashley in the kitchen. She's doing some dishes and Ashley wants some answers. Ashley's like, all right, last chance. Tell the truth. And uh, Hannah is just like silence. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, well, fine then. Give me your phone. And Hannah's just like, what? And Ashley's like, yeah, yeah, give me your phone. And Hannah's like, no. As a matter of fact, boom, throws it in the dishwater. Yes, yes. That is, that's a hard, that's an Aria move. Well, what must Ashley be thinking right now? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I gave my daughter this ultimatum and she would rather destroy her phone than give it to me. Like, what the hell is going on? But I feel like Ashley's also thinking, like, God damn it, Hannah, that's a four hundred dollar phone. That yeah, looks pretty cheap. Um, is that is it? Is she still got some kind of? Is it's like it a pre. It's like a pre, yeah. Yeah, I keep forgetting because she has that weird white case on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I had the pre once upon a time. It's a good introductory smartphone. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the dance, Hannah shows up. She's got no dress on. She's got no mom in tow. This is when she gives the visual SOS to Arya. Arya comes rushing over to her, and then, like, out of nowhere, all the other girls show up, plus Mona. Yeah, all the other liars just kind of converge, and Mona's like, where's your dress? Where's your mom? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, Hannah's warning everyone that uh, Ashley is hot on the A-trail, and everyone starts freaking out about that. And then Arya... Well, and Mona's like, what does that mean? Yeah. And Arya... they're like, never you mind, Mona. Yeah, Arya has what I think is the line of the episode, which is, Hannah, now your mom and my mom are both asking questions about A, and A really doesn't like that. Speaking in the third person. Yeah. 
Um, Spencer wants to jump in with like a plan of action, but she has to stop herself because Moan is there. And well, no, it's it, it's Hannah's starts to bring up more shit, and Spencer has to like shush everyone. And it's 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 awkward because it's like because Mona's is there, and we don't want to give Mona too much information. You know, theoretically they're they're protecting Mona by not bringing her in deeper. But it's so wonderful because like Spencer's just like, yeah, why don't we uh, 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 head nod, head nod, you know, uh, head nod, head nod, mm-hmm. head nod, and like like it's most obvious to Mona. That yeah, she's being cut out. Um, but then but- Mona's like, well, I have an idea. Well, yeah, because Spencer's like, we need a creative solution. And Mona has one. But Mona, it's going to involve some lying. And Mona, gosh, golly, is so terrible at these lies. And this is going to require a pretty big one. So which one of you is best at keeping stuff from the those who are close to you? And all the other liars point at Arya. <laughs> like, without even stopping to think, they're just like, Arya. Yeah. Um, and Arya's like, really, guys? Thanks. So, uh, <laughs> even though you know she's secretly thrilled. Yeah, finally. People recognize my skills. Um, later, there's this quick little shot of like all these like fathers and daughters dancing on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's just like standing in the middle of all of them, like arms folded over chest, like scowling. Just staring at them. Staring at like uh, Emily dancing with Wayne, especially. Yeah. It's, it's a very Arya move in a way. But I, I like that we've established now that Arya is the best liar. Like that's, that's in the text. Yeah, and everyone is well aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then, speaking of which, we cut to a close-up of Arya in the Marin kitchen. This shot is mesmerizing. Arya, or I'm sorry, Ashley is circling around behind Arya, but Arya is staring straight ahead, like directly into your soul, like into our souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Judging she, us, she says, "I have a confession us. to make." Yeah. Um, and, like and wide-eyed, like her eyes are like huge. You know. Yeah. Because there's times when Lucy Hale looks like an anime character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ashley is very cool. It's almost like Ashley's just watched some like police detective movie. And so she's like, oh, yeah? What do you got well, she's, for me? She's doing the like the cop thing where they walk around behind you as mm-hmm. they interrogate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Arya says that she's the one who sent the report. That uh, Hannah had started shoplifting again. And they wanted to like scare her straight. And so she she sent the report to get her to stop. And that... Uh, this is it's a made-up report. Like uh, she basically photoshopped it. It's what she says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ashley's like, "Wow, that's quite a story." I mean, very measured tone. That's quite a story. That's quite a story. Are you the only person involved? And Arya's like, "Yep, just me." A is for Arya. I think well, she, she says, says. She says, "I'm a A for anonymous. A for Arya." I just love that she said A for Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, that's quite a story. I'd say this is a masterful line job by Arya because, as as we know, she really is a, and so she's telling a lie that's just unconvincing enough to not to fail, but it's all in the service of an even bigger lie. And and if you're listening to this and watching the show, I don't care if the show never actually admits to Arya's a. Wake up, you. We all know Arya's a. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you know, Arya apologizes for doing all this. She's just like, sorry, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> NBD. Um, now she's like, well, I appreciate you speaking with me. And she looks pretty unconvinced. So mm-hmm. Arya bounces. Then we get Mom Summit 3. Yeah, later on we get the another Mom Summit between Ashley and Ella. And Ashley's just like, I didn't buy it at all. Let me ask you a question real quick here. Mm-hmm. Ashley and Ella, which one is Russ Cole? <laughs> and which one is Marty Woody Harrelson? Har- 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 ah. Marty, Woody, I don't know his last name. Yeah, um, Ashley's definitely Rush Cole. Rush Cole. <laughs> Ashley is mainlining the secrets of the universe. Here. Mm-hmm. And so Ashley's like, "Yeah, I didn't buy it." And Ella's like, "Well, thanks for telling me. Like, I don't know what what the hell's going on with our daughters. They're they're constantly making up shit. They're hiding from someone called A. Like, something's going on." And, and so Ella tells Ashley about the A letters that. Like, she's like, a year ago, we got a letter from an A, and, you know, didn't think anything of it at the time, but obviously, this A person's got our daughter scared shitless. I love this, I love this part. Mind you, it's, it's an interesting time, like, uh, a relation that, it's not even the end of the school year, but I guess that's how she's basing, because she is a teacher, so she yeah. can think of years and school years. But, um, Ella's, 
Ashley's like, it's time to go to the cops. And Ellen says, well, maybe that's not a good idea because this A person knows things about Ari that could hurt her. And Ashley's basically like, oh, tough titties. This is happening because it's gone on too long. Um, Ashley's like, I don't know who else I need to fuck on the force, but uh, we can get this worked out. Officer Barry, now is your moment to shine. Mm -hmm. Um, So meanwhile, Hannah comes to visit Ari in her room. Oh no! Let's save that for the end. Um, the last thing about that Ashley Ellis scene is that it's this is a scene that was at Ashley's place, and outside we get a like a POV shot, like A's watching them. Mm. So A is aware of Mob Summit. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Emily. Wayne Fields, he's back. Yeah, yeah. He walks in. He he walks in. Everyone's favorite dad. Yeah. <laughs> he walks in with Emily um, to Hannah's house. They brought three coffees back. One for what, Ashley? I have uh, no idea. I just thought that was interesting because it's the only two of them there. Like mm-hmm. but they brought three coffees. Um, so while they're conversating uh, or conversing, uh, Wayne casually mentions Maya, and Emily's reaction says volumes mm-hmm. about trouble in paradise. Well, it's also mentioned that the mom Pamfield stayed in Texas to give them some father daughter time, and. He apologizes for missing her last swim meet, and Emily's like, oh, it's no big deal. Well, it kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting response from Emily. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Maya is brought up, and Emily's like, she just kind of starts, you know, spilling everything about the situation and how she's worried that it's her fault because, you know, Maya, you know, was in trouble, and instead of helping her out, she jumped down her throat, and maybe she's the one who, like, you know, drove her to run away. And so then Wayne is like, you know, that's interesting because, uh, you know, there was that time that I ran away to San Francisco to be a gay hustler when I was a teenager. <laughs> I made it as far as Albuquerque. Uh, just, I think I just wanted to send a, a message to my parents. He says he was lost in high school. Yeah, FYI, so, Emily. Yeah. So he knows what's up with Maya. You know, he, he can relate. Well, he suggests they go looking for um, in the... the Maybe like she'll come home faster if she knows the people who care about her are still looking for her. And he suggests that uh, uh, the cheap way to travel for somebody her age, uh, you know, to stay under the radar is by bus. So let's go hit up some bus stations, which I feel like there's a joke there about Wayne knows all about bus stations and like rest stops. <laughs> um, so they go to the bus station. I, please, my God, tackle this scene for me. Oh, really, like, don't even listen to us. Go read the Television Without Pity recap for the scene, because the way he describes it is hilarious. But Emily goes to talk to the bus station attendant who was, like, she apparently talked to somebody else, and they're like, oh, that's the guy that worked the night that Maya went missing or whatever. So she goes to talk to him, and he puts a sign out that says, like, you know, please see next teller. And she's like, hi, can I talk to you? She's like, nope, on lunch. You know, and she's like, it'd be really if you could just look at this picture. And he's just like, I only get 20 minutes for lunch, which I don't think is legal. But um, so he's just like blowing her off, won't talk to her at all. And then the dad's just like, oh, it's all right. It's all right, Emily. I think this is a, a this calls for the patriarchy. So he like adjusts his like army hat that he's wearing because, of yeah. course, he's wearing an army hat and walks over. And and like th- there's like this weird like growing down about how like, oh, you served, you commissioned. Oh, yeah, myself. So you six. They- Puff their chests out. They like get a little stiffer. They touch dicks. Yeah, <laughs> they almost like salute each other's penises. Um, yeah, this there's some real fucking like amazing patriarchy, like uh, like coming in like the Marines. Um, I think the the best line from the television without pity recap was it was Wayne speaking, and he says, "This un- inconsequential little girl is under my protection, therefore her interests are my own." <laughs> exactly. Put that on a t-shirt. Um, so, so suddenly this guy is just like, oh, well, now I'll talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it's so condescending because it, what makes it even worse is that now that Wayne is asserted to the guy that this this is a valid, like, waste of your time, sir. Like, he doesn't even then ask the I feel like if he just asked the questions then himself, it would have been one thing. But, like, he then, like, now gives the floor back to Emily as if she's a child. You may proceed. Yeah, like, here you go, everyone. Here you go, sweetie. Everyone stop what you're doing and watch this little girl. You know, to have to sing the song or whatever. Um, yeah, so she asks her questions, and he tells her that, that he did see Maya. Um, it doesn't in a way, too, where, like, he clearly recognized her the first time he glanced at the photo. Yeah. But now he's actually going to answer her questions. He's he like, did see Maya. Yeah, I saw her. She bought a ticket. 
but maybe she didn't get on the bus because he saw her like talking to some some guy in like a dark car. It's like all the detail he can really give. And they like turned around and looked back, and the car and Maya were gone. But maybe she got on the bus, and maybe she got in the car. We don't really know. Yeah. Uh, so later, Emily's at Hannah's place. She's just got out of the shower to find that she's just had, like, literally seconds earlier, a missed call from Maya. Mm-hmm. She well, it's like the phone's, like, still vibrating. It, like, just goes to voicemail as she gets to it. So she yeah. calls it right back, and it goes to voicemail, except the voicemail box is full, so she can't even leave a message. Right. So, uh, later... Well, gets to- let me jump in. Don't you want to, like, like wait, like, a minute and then try calling again? Yeah, I would call back several <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, she's probably still on the on the phone calling you. Yeah, I would call back several times. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's because I know how to use a phone. And Emily... I mean, at this point, how much does Emily want Maya back? How much would anyone want Maya back? Exactly. So, later Emily gets to the dance, and her dad is there in his, like, dress uniform. Mind your tears for beers. Because, of course, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, just rub it all in for everybody. Um, He's just like, I'm better than the rest of you Rosewood people. (laughs) I have medals to prove it. (laughs) Look at them. I shined this shit. Um, Emily mentions that she had just missed Maya's call, and she feels bad. She spent all their time together, like, looking for Maya, and he mentions that, you know, it doesn't matter what we were doing, at least we're together. Oh, by the way, I'm going back to fucking Afghanistan for six months. Yeah, he's like, uh, it doesn't matter how we spent our time. It's just, it's just you know, the time that matters. But uh, I, this was going to be our last weekend for a while because I'm going to Afghanistan for sh- six months. And uh, I'm shipping out later on tonight, as yeah. a matter of fact. That's the worst part, too, is like, she's like, well, when are you leaving? Like, you know, think like maybe it's a few days. And he's just like, yeah, last flight tonight. Mm-hmm. She's like, like a like, half an hour, basically. Yeah, he's, she's like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Um, we also find out that uh, Pam Pam Fields is packing up their place in Texas, and she's coming back to Rosewood. So Pam Pam will be back soon. Emily is no longer going to have to live with Hannah. Yeah. So the viewer you decide if that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he says that basically, like, uh, that's why he didn't tell her when he first got the town was because you know she's like, well, I could have handled the news. And he's like, well, maybe I couldn't have, you know. Um, he wanted this weekend kind of untainted by that. Yeah. Um, something, something, something. Wayne feels in the word taint. Uh, mm-hmm. Spencer. Spencer. Do mom and dad know you're watching murder movies? Bet it would kill them to find out. A. Uh, that's the text she apparently has gotten right at the start of the episode. Even though Arya's the one who reads it. But Arya's holding up her phone, too. Like... Did she also get the text? No, it, it's she's holding at Spencer's phone. I thought Spencer was holding her own phone and Arya's holding... Uh, they're both holding a phone. Well, it makes sense that this is something that Spencer would receive a text of. Right, right. But they're both holding a phone. Mm-hmm. So, like, Arya's holding a... F- I mean, like... To me, like, I, I for a second there, and I wanted to ask you about this when we were watching the episode, does this tie into your theory that only Arya and Spencer got this text <laughs> because they're the only real people here? I think it does, yes. Um... I want it to be like that thing on Buffy where, like, you never actually see Hannah touching another person because she's yeah. not real. She's a ghost. <laughs> um, yeah, so Spencer's talking to Hannah and Arya. Oh, the other liars are still very hard on the uh, Melissa's A train. Yeah. Arya's just like, is A talking about the NAT videos here? Um, everyone still thinks that Melissa's A. Spencer does not. Well, Spencer's um, like, Melissa's not A. Like, she was like she fell apart when Ian died. Like there's no way she could have been sending texts and you know pretending at the same time. Like that would that's too masterful of an acting job. Basically, yeah. is what she's saying. To which Arya counters with, "Are you saying we got chased by a hobo for nothing?" Mm-hmm. Which um, that's the thing about Melissa. Melissa speaks in like the conspiratorial we. Mm-hmm. Arya talks in the royal we. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> And Hannah still wants to go to the cops and, with the video, and she says, can't we get in trouble for withdrawing evidence? And Arya says, I think you mean withholding. And there's this wonderful look where Spencer's like, Spencer's like kind of mad and annoyed because they've been accusing her, her sister. But at the same time, she has to give this like nod to Arya. Like, yes, that is correct. It is withholding. Because I, I feel like, yeah, like it's like normally Spencer would have been the one to deliver that line. Yeah, but it's like, it's, she like, she's, her expression changes, like she's angry, but she has to like give a little nod to Ari, like, oh, yes, that is correct. Now, now let's get back to uh, the conversation. Bless you, my child. Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't want to go to the cops because basically they've gotten burned each time they've done that. It never works. I don't know why they would want to go to the cops at this point. Yeah. So Spencer's like, I need more time to investigate. Yeah, she thinks she has an option, but she needs more time. 
So later Spencer comes home and she finds a present, like a little wrapped present waiting for her on the kitchen counter. It's from Peter. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh... Peter Hastings, her dad. It's like a nice necklace with the uh, Zet Diamond, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote down in my notes, Melissa makes it shitty. Yeah. She's yeah. just like, oh, wow, somebody's overcompensating. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, wow, dad went a little overboard. And Melissa's like, it's called overcompensating. Yeah, he's buying you off. And then she's like, we were both lied to, Spence. Yeah, she really wants Spencer to hate Peter. Yeah, it's like this whole episode, Melissa's trying to turn Spencer against her dad. Mm. And then Peter walks in, and he's just like, oh, you opened it. I wanted to see the look on your face. And so Spencer has this really half-assed, like, smile and hug she gives him. And he's like, yeah, there it is. See, like, I feel like, though, that there's too much backstory, but, like, college students, like, doing theater work should, like, do this scene because it's wonderful. (laughs) Spencer's dealing with her own issues with Peter. But I think she's also kind of performing for Melissa. Like, she doesn't want mm-hmm. to be like, oh, thank you. It's beautiful in front of Melissa. So Peter is also doing, like, the loving, you know, father thing for his two daughters. He looks over at Melissa. Melissa should be like, I hate you or whatever. But mm-hmm. she's doing the I'm a perfect daughter. I'm smiling. Everything is wonderful thing. They're all, like, kind of, like, reacting and manipulating each other at the it, same time. Yeah, like, Spencer's trying to play it both ways. And as she hugs her dad... Like, uh, she's looking over his shoulder at Melissa, and Melissa just kind of, like, smirks and sneers, you know? Well, yeah, because it's like she doesn't want to offend Melissa. She doesn't want to not be on board with Melissa. But meanwhile, it's like Melissa doesn't want to not be on board with (laughs) Peter. And Peter just wants everyone to love him because he has money and he's spending it. Mm Mm-hmm. And he makes Spencer promise to wear that necklace to the the dance, the father-daughter dance. Yeah. Uh... Later on, he like comes in and like workout clothes. He's like, "Hey, want to go play some doubles?" And she's like, "No, I'm studying instead." And he he looks genuinely bummed out here. You know, yeah. he's just like, "Ah, oh, I've lost my my Spencer conspirator. Yeah. She no longer wants to throw doubles games with me yeah. for clients. No more round robin." Yeah. <laughs> um, and he says basically that he understands that she needs her space, but that he misses her on the court with him. They made a good team. Which I yeah, and he can tell that she's not feeling the necklace. Yeah. And so he he's like, "Why? Well, Why? Right, right, I'm gonna, I'll, you know, I'll be back." And she's like, "Well, how long will you be gone?" <laughs> Which, why would you ever ask? That? Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I'll be back in a few hours." So as soon as she, uh, he leaves, Spencer goes to turn over his office. Which just, you know, like this is a good strategy for anybody. If anyone ever asks you how long are you going to be gone, and they don't immediately back it up with good reason, mm-hmm. go out to the car, wait five minutes, and then come back in because you forgot something. Exactly. You're going to catch somebody with their hand in the fucking cookie jar. Um. So yeah, she then runs down to break into his study, which she's from- not breaking into the study. She's going to break into his desk. Whatever. But for yeah. a moment there, we see a whole other hallway slash like wing. Of the Hastings manse. Well, part of it, like, it, this is off of the kitchen, because you see the kitchen, and she, like, exits a hallway. Well, it's the and, hallway and that goes, the parents always come out of. Yeah, she makes a turn there. Downstairs. And then so we see the study. The study has, like, double doors that she opens up. Uh, this is an interesting study. I, I want this study. Uh, there's wood paneling, like, blonde wood paneling on all the walls. There's, like, bookshelves built into the walls. He's got a big desk, and he's got two chairs and a little table in front of the desk. Like, you'd, like, meet clients in an office like this. It's yeah, it's very strange because there's the two chairs, and then the two chairs have, like, their own little nightstand or whatever mm-hmm. you would want to call that little table. Um, yeah, it's way too warm and friendly for whatever's happening in the Hastings, like, household. Well, you get the feeling he probably meets clients here occasionally. Because those chairs would be, like, for clients to sit in. I, I somehow doubt that he ever meets clients there. But, yeah, it's set up. Like, mm-hmm. people would come and visit him, and they would discuss issues with him. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a picture of Spencer in her field hockey gear in the desk. And, and well, I feel like picture. that's key. It's There's a, you know, a, a baby picture of Spencer and Melissa. But then, uh, you know, recent picture, apparently, of Spencer in her field hockey uniform. Which, to me, that says that Spencer's his favorite daughter. Or at least, like, Spencer, like, Veronica, like, Melissa's probably Veronica's, and Spencer is Peter's. You know, like, that's, I think, who they, they identify with. I would agree. Yeah, so Spencer starts going through Peter's, like, check ledger. Um, and then that's not, not giving her what she wants. So she starts, like, going through his drawers. She goes through, like, one desk drawer, it's locked. She goes through more drawers. She finds older check ledgers. Well, she finds, um, 
like tax files. So she pulls out 2007 taxes folder, uh, finds the, there's like a Ziploc bag of the, the check ledgers in it, takes those out and finds one from around the time Allie went missing for $15,000 written to cash. Mm-hmm. So there's the proof she needed. Um, or at least she thinks. She so thinks, then, she thinks this is the blackmail money, obviously. So then right then, Melissa fucking materializes. Like she just like transported in from the Starship Enterprises. Catches like Spencer fumbling through the desk and. Well, she doesn't quite. She, she, Spencer has managed to like put everything away just as Melissa walks in. But obviously Melissa was just doing something in Peter's desk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Spencer quickly is like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a stamp. Melissa's pretty suspicious, and she starts to go, well, I mean, I've got a stamp. But Spencer is pretty uh, on the ball, which is like, nope, got one right here. <laughs> and it's like, bounces out. And Melissa just kind of like watches her go, looks back, stares at the desk. She's very suspicious. But at the same time, I think she's also got to be like, good tradecraft, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Good tradecraft. Um, yeah, so at the dance, Spencer and Peter are taking their pictures together. There's a great bit where like he basically has another picture taken because she wasn't smiling on the first one. <laughs> yeah. And he's dancing with her, and he's trying to kind of get her to a little more lively and engage. And he's like, "Oh, maybe I'll tell them to pump some jams." And she's I'll just like, you. "Like he's he's trying to be dorky dad to like at least like get a response out of her." And she's just like not interested in any of it. And then she just confronts him about the fifteen thousand dollar check stub. But it just him saying, "I'll get the DJ to pump up the jams if you want." Like I really want that scene where like Peter Hastings goes and like throws money at Mikey <laughs> to play something fast. And Mikey puts on CC Studio. <laughs> or Land of Confusion. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so she talks about like going to his office. She says office. He immediately checks in with desk. Um, and he's like, I know we have some trust issues, but that doesn't excuse you from like, going through my desk. Um, so And so he's not happy about that, but Spencer's just like, well, I want to go home. Yeah. Uh, so... The next time we see Spencer, she's walking outside of the school and like onto this, the road there. And she spots somebody on a motorcycle roll up, like, it's like a helmet on. So you don't know who it is. And she's like, Toby. And then the bike just turns around and drives away. So maybe it was Toby. Maybe it wasn't. Or maybe it was some normal person who didn't like being yelled Toby at. <laughs> it's just like, Oh shit. It's Spencer Hastings. Just turns around, books it the other way. Exactly. Gets the hell out of town. So, uh, Later, uh, Spencer and Peter are back at the house They're in his study, and he's asking her, like, what else she's touched in the office, and she's like, well, just the desk. Well, and he's going through the center drawer, the drawer that Spencer couldn't get into earlier because it was locked, and he's like, well, my gun is missing. And she's like, you're what? And he picks up the phone and starts calling the cops. Yeah, calls the cops and says his gun has been stolen. Nothing else appears to be stolen. And so he goes in the other room to, like continue talking to the cops and Spencer sees that one of the things he pulled out of that center drawer when he's looking for his gun is a folder and it's a folder full of pictures of Allie. Mm-hmm. And so she picks it up and goes to confront her dad about it. Yeah. He's just gotten off the phone. Uh, the, the patrol car is going to be there in a few minutes. Um, she just like lays the folder down on the counter and just like, what the fuck? Um, he says that he gave those pictures to a PI after Allison disappeared. And Spencer's like, why would you spend that much money? Why would you even care? Yeah. Uh, and she's like, is this about Jason? And Peter says, no, uh, he's, he was concerned that Melissa was involved because she'd been harassing Allie and sending her texts and threats. Yeah. And then Allison disappeared. Mm-hmm. And he says he just needed peace of mind and he's willing to pay for answers because Peter Hastings knows that money is power. Yeah, exactly. This is this is like the, the through line for everything Peter does. I mean, uh, the uh, Ian Thomas is laying in a grave. I paid for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Peter is either willing to use his money to dig things up or make sure they stay buried forever. Well, so let's let's ponder this because there's some some various angles here. Mm-hmm. Earlier, Melissa had said that Peter seemed relieved when Allie went missing. Maybe her sensing that relief was him trying to like play it coy and have a poker face. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he suddenly started acting really chill around Melissa because he was actually at that point really concerned. That or 
he was like relieved to maybe find out that maybe she didn't kill Allison thanks to whatever his PI, PI might have told him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the or- other the other possibility here is as I've all long long maintained, Spencer's the killer. So maybe he's lying about hiring a PI to investigate Melissa. Maybe he hired the PI but to investigate Spencer. And so your theory is that him and Veronica have had this this backup plan that should Spencer ever ask about it. The story will be that we we hired them to follow Melissa. Mm-hmm. Now, but I would say the other option, based on how the episode has been going so far, is what if uh, Melissa did kill Allison and she's just putting it off on her father? Could be. Well, you know, they maybe necessarily didn't even have this backup plan of what to say. This could have just been Peter thinking on the fly, like like I have to tell her something about that money and and what it was spent on because he say he's he's adamant like Noah was not being blackmailed by Ali I was not paying her off like this money went to PI and so he may have just ad you know ad libbed there and said oh yeah it's to investigate Melissa no just so we're clear though I believe it was established though that Allison did ask him for fifteen thousand dollars though right or she did ask him for something she did attempt to blackmail him he just never gave her the money right. No, I don't believe we know that. He all we know is that Allison knew, and she had fifteen grand, okay. and so Jason did the math basically. Okay. So yeah, we we don't have any proof that Allison is actually trying to blackmail him. So uh, Peter basically like shoes Spencer away before the cops get there. So later, mm-hmm. Spencer's up in her room, just like watching the cops outside. It's a great bit where she's just like no, she's by the she's not in her room. This is downstairs. Is she? But she's like looking down. She's looking out the window. Yeah, I think I think if you go back, I think she, she, she's actually in her room. All right, but because uh, she's looking like in her room, out like down out the window. There's a great bit where, like you see like the the cop lights reflecting on the the windowsill and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, Melissa just shows up like she's fucking Batman right behind her. When she goes, Spencer, yeah. Spencer like kind of jumps and she turns around. I said she needed like a drink in her hand that she could like fly out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa said that she fell asleep by watching TV in a barn and when she woke up, cops were there. And so Spencer. So she, so she didn't hear anything. Even though it's, it's funny, they're assuming that this break in like just took place. Even though Spencer wasn't able to get into that drawer earlier. So, you know, who knows the last time Peter looked for his gun? Yeah. Um, so Spencer being Spencer is just like, well, I thought the TV was broken in the barn. Not missing a beat. Melissa's like, well, I don't know. I was watching it on my t- on my laptop. <laughs> well played, Hastings girls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Melissa's going back to her place in the city tonight, which is Philadelphia, because things basically around the Hastings household are too fucking weird. Yeah, the, there's just too much, uh, you know, bad energy for Melissa here. So she's going back to Philly, and and you know, Spencer, if you ever feel like you need to get away, you can always come stay with me. It's it's fascinating the way all the Hastings keep trying to turn uh, various family members on other family members. Which but, is, the only person who doesn't do this is Veronica. I guess so. I mean, you're right. I think I think Veronica really reps uh, Melissa, but Melissa is is very much Peter's daughter, as is Spencer. Well, it's like the episode starts with Melissa trying to turn Spencer on Peter. And then later on, Peter tries to turn Spencer on Melissa, and now Melissa's back again to, to you know, she's trying to maintain her, like, you know, isn't dad suspicious vibe, but now she looks really suspicious, because she's like, ooh, I need to go back to Philly suddenly in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Spencer's just like, I just need to lie down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. last, cl- closing scenes here. This is after Arya's tried to lie to uh, Ashley. Hannah meets meets up with Arya at Arya's place, and Hannah says, "Do you feel guilty?" And Arya says, "No, yes, I don't know." Um, Classic Arya. Yeah, yeah. So they're talking about Arya's big lie to Ashley. They're not sure if she bought it or not, but yeah. honestly, Arya doesn't care. Yeah. Then Arya's phone rings, and coincidentally, confusingly enough, it's Jonah again. It's Jonah. And so we cut to Brookhaven. Brookhaven is uh, another town near Rosewood that is apparently on the Hellmouth. Um, Jonah has another location for texts that were sent to Allie. Uh, this Dude, is from. Vivian Darkbloom's friend, Allison. These texts came from a different phone. And so there's some discussion, like, well, does this, like, exonerate Melissa? Or it's like, well, it just means it's from a different phone. But maybe you're right, Spencer. 
Well, yeah, Hannah is basically just like, OMG, Spencer, maybe you were right, which is Hannah was the biggest uh, uh, detractor of Melissa. Mm. Now she, maybe, maybe, just maybe she's innocent. And Spencer's just like, you don't even want to know what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jonah couldn't find the specific address there in Brookhaven where the texts were coming from, but it's somewhere up in a one block radius of where the girls basically parked, which is like in front of a bunch of like storefronts. Mm And so they walk up, and the the storefront they notice is this doll shop. What's it called? Like, Vale's Doll Hospital? Vale's Doll Hospital, which is fucking creepy. Yeah, it's the creepiest fucking doll shop ever. It's all these, like, creepy, weird, like, old-timey dolls in the window and, like, various doll parts, and it, it looks like something out of, like, a serial killer's nightmare. Um, and, and Emily says, these look exactly like those creepy Chucky dolls that A sent us. Mm-hmm. And so Arya, at this point, she she shivers and she's like, "Oh, I'm cold," because I uh, my wacky fashion didn't plan for the the cold life sucking force that is Brookhaven. Yeah. Uh, and so Spencer hands her the keys to Spencer's uh, SUV and says, "Oh, there's a coat in the back." So Arya goes back to the the SUV to get the coat, and it's Allie's red coat, which I guess has just been sitting in the back of Spencer's car the whole time. Arya puts the coat on and becomes Vivian Darkbloom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it just straightens the coat out a little bit. Well, it was a great shot of her kind of, you know, pulling her hair out from underneath the coat from behind. And it, like, it could be uh, Allison, like, from that shot. Like, it could totally be uh, Sasha Peters uh, and, instead of Arya. Like, and then and, a voice calls out from behind her Vivian? Vivian? And Arya turns around. And it's, to me, like, a, it's, I don't if you hadn't picked up it already, like suddenly you realize how strange it is that Vivian Darkbloom's appearance is exactly like Arya's. Like the the hair color of the wig is the exact color of Arya's like kind of chestnut brown hair. Yeah. Um do you see the guy who says it? I almost kind of feel like they shouldn't have shown the guy. Yeah. Yes, it's some some guy who's probably looks like he's like early twenties, maybe. This would have been. And there's an A tag, which we'll get to in a second. But this would have even been an episode where I would have like left off the A tag, and I would have mm-hmm. just ended it right there with Arya basically looking back into the camera again as she tries to see who called out for Vivian. But it is interesting that Ali's undercover look is to basically become Arya. What does that mean? What does it mean? Uh, they they so both they look great in that red coat. Yeah, they do. Um, so, uh, we're out on the street corner, presumably somewhere in Rosewood for the A tag. Uh, there, like the little newspaper dispenser box is the Rosewood Observer, which is the local paper. Mm-hmm. Maya is on the cover. And a big headline says missing girl. So A is buying the newspaper and taking a look at the, the cover. Maya is missing now. Yep. Which is mildly interesting, but not as interesting as Arya becoming Vivian Darkbloom and then sudden, someone recognizing her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, very exciting. A fun episode. Yeah, all the, the Hastings intrigue stuff is fun. And the line to Ashley scenes, like I like how uh, Ashley's mom powers, like they extend to Arya as well. She can tell when Arya's lying too. Yeah. Yeah, very fun episode. Yeah, and uh, let's take a look at the wiki here. We did mention this episode is directed by Chad Lowe. The next episode is called Eye of the Beholder. Hmm. Hmm. Next episode's a great episode. The, actually, I mean, all the episodes from here on out at the end of the season are fantastic. But uh, let's see any other stuff we need to talk about here. Big Girls Don't Cry was the Fergie song that was playing. Is it Big Girls Don't Cry? That's what it says. Okay. On the wiki. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. We know now that Ashley and Ella know know who A is. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that there's an A out there. They may or may not believe that this A person is Arya. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that they don't believe it's Arya. Because Ella does not believe that Arya sent that note about Byron cheating. Yeah, which is why her line was so masterful to deflect that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we will be back next time to talk about Eye of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. See you then. Talk to you later.